Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike or tread, dancing on social media, or cuddle up with wine watching reality television. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 157. I am your hostess, Brittany Crossan. I'm so happy you're here for another episode. What is up? Uh, Today, I've got a good one for you. I've got a good guest. I've got Aubrey Malik. She's coming up here in just a few minutes. She talks about how setting a business goal first and creating targeted content around that goal helps everything else fall into place. So if you feel like you need some some more like structure, some more prep before you're creating your, your online content for your business, this is the episode for you because she really helps you um, figure out how to get focused, how to find your target audience and all that. Because if you just go into it wild and not really um, – with any sort of goals in mind, it can get to be very frustrating. So that conversation with Aubrey is coming up in just a few minutes. Before we get into it, I just wanted to um, give you a little overview of a recent experience I had going to Las Vegas for a really cool event. So um, this was like last weekend. Um, I met Megan in Las Vegas for 48 hours. So if you don't know, Megan Colwell is actually a producer on this show. She's a huge part of the show. She's the director of design for my company, Fun Love Media. So if you see anything pretty (laughs) and attractive that's a design for Fun Love Media related things, Megan probably did it. Um, She's really talented and she does a whole lot of good work for me. And um, so she met me in Las Vegas last weekend because we were going to an event for the International Association of Women. I was nominated for an Inspirational Influencer Award, and it was for the Next Generation Initiator Award, kind of like a like a thing for business owners, like if you've been in business for less than five years and you're doing, you know, good things and blah, blah, blah. So, um, and I thought, gosh, you know, I feel so young with you <laughs> calling me next generation. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, so we we met in Las Vegas. Uh, we made this a work thing. I had never been to Las Vegas without Ryan. So if you know me well, you know that I've been to Las Vegas a lot. Ryan and I love Las Vegas. Um, we may not be your typical Vegas people. Like we're not there to go to the pool party that's like loud and crowded and we're not there to do a lot of gambling. Um, but we just, I don't know, we made this tradition out of it a long time ago, back in 2005. And we started going for every wedding anniversary for like 10 years. And then we've been, you know, a few other various times as well. So we've been to Las Vegas a lot. It turned into this really sentimental spot for us going and enjoying the food and, excuse me, and some of the, you know, all the beautiful sights and everything that you find in in Las Vegas. And this was my first time going without him ever in all these years. And so I was a little nervous about that. I got to admit, because, you know, I didn't have my, my, my safety blanket, Ryan, with me. Um, That's my alarm on my phone to pick up kids. Let's turn that off. My bad. Um, and so we're just going to keep rolling. It's fine. Real life over here. Um, anyway, I met Megan in Las Vegas. So she's in Kansas City. I'm in Houston. We met there. Um, we had only been together in person one other time before this, 
which was in June of this year, 2022. Um, but we've known each other for like five years. We worked together for like two and a half years or something like that. So it's so cool to have already been able to get together in person for our second time and meet in Las Vegas. Um, we were, we just had two nights there. So we, the first night we went to dinner at a cool restaurant um, it, at the Resorts World uh, Resort called Crossroads. It's a vegan uh, restaurant. It was actually really delicious. And then I surprised her with tickets to the Eiffel Tower viewing deck in Las Vegas. Um, I had never done it before with Ryan all those years. And I thought, cool, okay. I mean, heights make me nervous, <laughs> especially in certain settings, but I'm still, it's fine, right? I'm going to be fine. I'm going to do this. I know that Megan likes like French things. This will be very cute. This will be a fun little thing, right? Well, so after dinner, we go over to the Paris Hotel and <clears throat> I'm like, we're going to Paris. She's like, we're going to Paris. And, you know, she's never been before. This is her first Vegas trip. So, so we go over and we get to Paris. And once we walk in, I go, we're going to go up the Eiffel Tower. I told, didn't tell her to the last second. She's like, what? There's an Eiffel Tower here? <laughs> it's so cool. It was adorable. So we did, right? So as soon as we got in that elevator to go up, I was like, uh-oh, I feel the nerves. Like immediately my hands start sweating. And that's like the first sign for me. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, no, it's going to be fine. Brittany, come on. You'll be fine, right? We ride up the elevator. The person's telling us about it, you know, how tall it is and all this stuff. And we get up there. And as soon as we walk out onto the viewing deck, which, by the way, is like caged in. There's no openings for you to fall. There's not. So if you're being logical about it, you would be pretty calm. But clearly my brain could not be logical because as soon as I stepped out onto it, I was like, uh-oh, I'm dizzy. <laughs> and like lightheaded. So – you know, it was okay. I didn't have a total meltdown. I told her though, I told Megan, I was like, this is definitely making me feel nervous. And she's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? <laughs> but the good news is, is that we were still able to stay up there long enough to see the Bellagio Fountain show from that view. Cause it's like across the street and you're like way up high and you get to see it. And I, I really hoped Megan would get to see that. And she did. So, so even though I was nervous as hell, um, we accomplished the goal and then we got the hell out of there. And, um, and that was our first night. And, um, and we had a thing on Saturday morning where they had this networking breakfast at the Mandalay Bay where they were having the, the award ceremony and all that at night. And that breakfast was, super cool because the speaker was Randy Zuckerberg. And Randy, you might know, is the sister of Mark Zuckerberg, as in the dude that founded Facebook um, and plenty of other things along the way. And she did work there at Facebook for a long time, and she actually created Facebook Live. So to hear that story of how it came about, Facebook Live, that was really fun to hear from her. And we were sitting front row. I told Megan, I was like, you come with me. We're going to, we were front row people. <laughs> and so we were front and center so we could see and hear everything. And Randy shared the story about Facebook Live. She also shared some really inspiring tips about, um, about how you really need to just like pick three, um, 
things at any given time. Like I'm going to focus on these three things in my life and that's it. So that way you're not overwhelming yourself and you can do those few things like really well and not try to do 12 things really well at once. It was a really cool talk. It was really inspiring. She's also a theater gal. She's produced a lot of Broadway shows. So to me, I was just like, oh, we're practically twins, Randy. <laughs> and we got to meet afterwards and told her a little bit about what we do. And she was so sweet. She said, well, it makes me feel really happy that the future of social media is in good hands, you know, and telling that to me and Megan, that was very sweet. So it was a great, great thing. And we, and we got to network with a bunch of women that were there and meeting people and, you know, hearing about what everybody does. And then we had a little bit of break during the middle of the day to do a little bit of Vegasing. Um, and then that evening was the awards uh, gala. I found out you're not supposed to say gala. I think, I think it's gala, gala. Anyway, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and so we attended that in the evening and they had um, they had um, Toon Day of Peloton as their keynote speaker. So, you know, I was very excited. I got to meet her and I walked to her and I was like, Toon Day. Seriously, this is so exciting for me. <laughs> I think that was like the first thing I said to her. She's probably like, okay. And I was like, I'm a Pelotoner. I'm also a Houstonian. Da, da, da. You know, and she humored me. She was very sweet. <laughs> and she, I told her, um, you know, the, you know, all the things I loved about what she said. She said some really powerful, cool things in her speech. So meeting Tunde was really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've now met, um, I guess, three Peloton instructors in person because I rode with Jen Sherman a long time ago. And then I met Robin at an event a few years ago. And then I, I've now met Toon Day. So that was really, really fun. And then they did the awards uh, presentation later and um, I won the award. And it was so funny because Megan and I rolled up in there being us, unapologetically authentic. I'm sure you've heard me say it before when it comes to social media, you should be unapologetically authentic. And that is sure shit what we were. We were in there having fun. And then when they announced my name, she was like ready with her phone camera, you know, and she, she filmed the whole thing of me going up to the stage so you can hear everything she says. And she's like screaming. Wow! And then she says, that's my girl. And I turn around and I start doing like a fist pump, you know, like Julia Roberts does in pretty woman when she's at the polo match. And she's like, Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and I do that. I mean, we, we really caused a scene. I got up on stage and did like a, like a beauty pageant walk across the stage. We were just having too much fun. Like, come on. And, um, and the, the people <laughs> there were really sweet and laughing and we were all having fun. So it was cool to win that award and to, to honestly just have that weekend experience with, Megan, even though I was nervous as hell on the Eiffel Tower, I survived. And um, we got to talk a lot about work stuff and we just squeezed in as much as we could in, in two days. Um, but I just wanted to fill you in on that weekend and give you that story here because um, it was super fun, super special. And if if you are not involved with the International Association of Women yet, uh, they did not ask me to say this, by the way, but I do encourage you to look into it. Um, I believe their website is iawomen.com. They're actually also a client of mine. They're a client of Fun Love Media. We produce the podcast for IAW, for International Association of Women. It's called Unlimited Horizons, if you've never listened to it before. Um, like her, like H-E-R. So Unlimited Horizons by the International Association of Women, hosted by the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. And um, doing that show with them has been really cool. She features a guest that are members of the, of the organization. Um, I've been a guest in a lot of 
other um, awesome people have been guests and um, it's a really cool organization. So, so definitely look into that if you are not already involved with IAW and thank you so much IAW for putting on such a fantastic event for inviting us and for providing such a safe space to just chill and hang out and have fun and be ourselves and meet cool people. It was really, really, really fantastic. And thank you to my um, wonderful Megan, who was there every step of the way. And as soon as it's her turn to win an award for being a fabulous designer, I will be there yelling just like she was for me, for sure. All right. Um, Okay. That's it for our chat today. I want to zip my mouth because I want you to hear this conversation, excuse me, that I had with Aubrey Malik about um, how setting a business goal first and creating targeted content around it helps everything else fall into place. I think it's going to be really cool and helpful for you. So coming up next is my conversation with Aubrey Malik. Today's guest is a mom of two and the host of the Freelancer to CEO podcast. She helps moms and teachers experience the freedom and joy that comes from designing a freelancing business from home with the skills they already have. And a fun fact, she has a birthmark in the shape of a heart. Aw. <laughs> Today, she's going to tell us how setting a business goal first and creating targeted content around it helps everything fall into place. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, Aubrey Malik. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for being here. And we were laughing about a thing before we started. So I almost used the other version of your name. It was like in my head, we were talking about mispronouncing names and things. And I, I, anyway, we'll move on, but we were laughing about that. Um, I always check with guests to make sure I'm going to say their name right. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time. I love this topic. Um, I love that you specifically help moms and teachers that's very cool. Um, if you don't mind, just tell tell me why you started doing this, helping moms and teachers specifically with this. It didn't. It's on, it's a good story because it didn't start here. It actually just started with me wanting to be at home with my boy. So I have always like my dream job. If you were to ask me, like when I was younger, it was to be a mom. Like that's what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to like contribute to society in some way, but being a mom was my dream job. And I think that stems from when I was younger, both my parents were working full time. Um, they were working long hours. And I think it was just something that I always craved as a kid, not to take anything away from my parents. They're amazing, but I just always like when I envisioned being a mom, I envisioned being the mom that was there that could take the day off to like go do the field trip and and just could be there and go in and help in the classroom or um, just be there when your kid is sick. And just a lot of traditional job settings don't really support that type of life that I wanted. And so I'm a rebel by nature. And so I just wanted to kind of like do my, do my own thing. And I kept searching for different ways to make money from home because I had a lot of student loan debt. I went to college, I got my master's. My husband is a school counselor. I was a former elementary teacher. Like we were not rolling in the dough by any means. And so I knew I had to contribute financially. And I also wanted to do something that um, would support us and support my, you know, ambitious side. Um, and so I tried a lot of different things to make money from home. Nothing really worked. I mean, network marketing, tutoring after school, teaching kids English online. I tried pretty much anything out there 
And I finally, after like many searches, found freelancing as an option or becoming a virtual assistant. And I dove headfirst into that. Pretty much like anything else I had tried, I would give it my all so that I could really at the end of it say like, well, this worked or it didn't work. And freelancing really took off for me. And within two months, I was able to resign from my teaching job. Um, At the time, I was seven months pregnant. So I resigned right before my second son was born and have been doing that for the past four years. And really just started sharing about what I was doing. And I think just naturally people hadn't heard about freelancing or just were curious or wanted to know, like, what is this thing that you're doing from home? And um, so just started sharing about that. And it kind of fell into my lap of how I started teaching on this because people were asking me and there were only so many voice DMs on Instagram that I could send in a day. And so I just decided, well, I should, you know, use my teaching degree that I have to teach others how to do this, how to get started online as a freelancer, and then eventually how to grow and scale that so that they could potentially leave their full-time job so that they could create the life that they really wanted to have. I found in talking about this more that so many moms are looking for that option of how can I have a both and instead of an either or, how can I be both the mom that I want to be and have a job that provides financially as opposed to feeling like it's either one or the other. So that's what I do. And that's kind of how I got into it. That it, this is so cool. I love this so much. I love the whole virtual assistant world and the whole theory behind it. I remember whenever I first started learning about it years ago, um, I never have been one, but I remember learning about it being in obviously a lot of the online space and stuff and going, okay, okay, this is cool. And then actually, um, who, who is now my director of design, her name is Megan and she's also a producer on this show. She actually did that kind of work. And that's, mm-hmm how we started working together. Cause I hired her to do certain tasks, like, you know, the kinds of things you're talking about that you teach people, if they know how to do this or they know how to do that, they can provide these services. And so I've seen it, you know, firsthand and I believe in it big time. And it, you're right. It's so cool because it could be skills you already have. You know, you may not even realize how valuable that is to a business owner to be like, be able to count on you and say, I need somebody to handle this or that or whatever it is. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I've just seen it in action and I'm a big believer in it. So seriously, if you're looking for something like this, listen, listen, do not leave this episode. And we're also going to have all of Aubrey's information in the show notes, of course, so that you can get in touch with her, but okay. So that's amazing. So it's been going on for quite a few years. Like, how are you feeling about it? Are you still, are you still loving it? Are you, I mean, have you, has your business, you know, basically comparing like now versus then, like, do you feel like still like, yes, I made the right decision. (laughs) Or can you imagine not having done it? You know what I mean? Like when you look back. 100%. I, you know, I actually just recently went through kind of an epiphany of my own because when I first started this, really, it was like a means to an end. And I really just saw this as something that I would do when my boys were younger, when they were growing up. And then by the time they got into school, like I would go back to teaching. That's kind of just how I envisioned it. Um, Because I was like, I really want to be there for them. Like, I don't want to have to put them in daycare. I want to be the one that's raising them. And at the same time too, like I was when we were looking to put them in daycare, I basically would have been going to work just to pay somebody else to watch them. Um, But over the last year, I really had to kind of make that decision for myself because I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out on, you know, what would I go back to teaching? Because now my oldest son's in kindergarten, my youngest son um, will start pre-K next year. So next year, they'll both be like out of the house all day long. And so I kind of had to make that decision of, do I do I still see that as the path that I'm going to take or do I want to continue what I'm doing now? And 
you know, you can look back on your life and think, gosh, I wish I would have figured this out now. Like, of course it would have been easy to be like, well, I wish I didn't spend all that money on college and I wish I don't have all this student loan debt. Um, you know, if I knew I was going to be doing this, but I think it's all a part of the process. Um, and I'm so glad that I did that. And I don't see myself going back to the traditional type of work just because I, like I said, I'm a rebel. So like even the thought of having to go back to ask somebody like, Hey, is it okay if I take today off? Cause I'm not feeling good. No, that is not for me anymore. That lifestyle is so been there, done that. So I'm so glad. And I'm also glad that I was able to make that pivot, not to say that that was easy by any means. I think, especially stepping into um, having online courses and being in that online court coach role, it's so easy to look from the outside in and think like, wow, I want to do that. Like passive income. That sounds so great. Uh, my business model was so much easier when I was just a freelancer, just supporting business owners one-on-one. It was so simple. Now there are so many added layers to it to run this business. So um, it was quite the transition. I'm glad I did it. I'm, and I'm honestly glad the way that it happened, that it kind of happened organically where it did, I didn't go into it thinking that this was the path that I was going to come, but because people started naturally wanting to know more about it. Um, but yeah, it's been quite the evolution, many growing pains throughout along the way, but I'm very glad that I decided to take this path. That's so cool. I'm so happy for you. This is, I love this. It makes me feel good. Um, okay, cool. So let's, let's dive into the specific topic we're going to talk about today to help everybody out there, um, which was how setting a business goal first and creating targeted content around that helps everything else fall into place because people are listening to this show mostly to get tips on online content. Like that's what we talk about. We talk about social media marketing. We talk about online marketing and you've got to create content. Obviously, anyway, we all know these things probably. Um, and if you don't, by the way, you have to create content to be able <laughs> to market your business and your services. But so, but you're talking about really something that when you think about it sounds super simple, but so many people don't quite do this mm-hmm. where you're saying setting that business goal first and then revolve your content around that because otherwise you might be kind of like scrambling like what do I create content about so what mm-hmm. why is this so important to set those goals first to be able to then create your content I think it's pretty much the like mantra of my business is like I tell people I've kind of navigated and gone through all the obstacles and all the mistakes first so that you don't have to because this is exactly how I started when I started my podcast I was like this was going to be my long form content and this was how I was going to start putting content out into the world and I was like I'm just going to talk about whatever feels good to me and you know whatever I'm feeling that week and like it started off fine and I had people who would listen but they weren't really clear. Like they were coming to my podcast and they were uncertain if this was for them, like if they were going to get what they needed out of this, because it was just so um, all over the place, right? Like I didn't have a goal as to like, if somebody came into this podcast, like, what do I want them to take away from this? What do I want them to learn? Uh, and that's I think- a bonus uh, podcasting <laughs> tip, by the way, if you're looking to start a podcast, I, I we do podcast production. So I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> get specific with your, your topic. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so when I started my podcast, it was called mom with purpose. And I think like if somebody was a mom, they're like, oh, this might apply to me, but they didn't know like what they were getting when they came to the show. And it wasn't until I, number one, went back to the drawing board and figured, okay, like, first of all, like, let's look at the podcast in general. Like what is actually performing well? What do people want to hear from us? And then how can we 
start to deliver on that content? And how can we start to get known for that? I think so, so many times when you're putting content out in the world, it's so easy to be like, well, I want to appeal to everybody and I want everybody to feel like they belong, which is like, I, I want that too. But I think when you first get started out and you're trying to like find your space in the internet and you want to get known for what you do, you have to be super specific. As my brand has grown, I'm able to bring in more like different topics on things that I'm passionate about, but I had to almost like pull the reins back and get so specific on who this podcast is for. What are they going to learn when they come here? Um, and then from there, like all the other content was able to stem from there. Cause I'm very much a proponent of work smarter, not harder. And so it would really all start with the podcast. And then from there, okay, how can we turn this into social media content? How can we turn this into blog content, other pieces? Um, but really getting clear on who that content is for, what are they going to learn? And almost kind of making like two sides, like this is who I want this content to be for. And if like, they don't fit into this, like they might, you might have some people who will come and listen and binge your content or find you. And they might be that unicorn. Like I'm very specific. Like I help moms and teachers. Now there are people who are in my audience who are in my programs who are not moms and teachers, but because I was very specific on that, I started to attract those people. And then those people, because they love that content, they felt like they were getting their problem solved for me. They kind of started like, oh, you need to, you need to find out, you need to share this. And, oh, you need to learn from Aubrey. So it was able to kind of grow from there, but it wasn't until I changed my podcast name and I got very specific on what content I was putting out there that things like, it was just a very slow, steady growth for me. And literally once I made that shift on who is this for and what kind of content they're going to learn from this it took like a complete 180 and everything started to grow from there. Let's take a quick break to talk about the special promotion happening in my mastermind membership, Small Biz Social Society. This is a community for ambitious entrepreneurs that want to stand out on social media. If you are building a personal brand on social media, this is for you. Right now, you can enroll for just eight freaking dollars. That's right. You're going to get $10 off your first month of Small Biz Social Society when you use code 10 first. 2022. That's T-E-N-F-I-R-S-T-2022. You're going to get education, you're going to get community, and you're going to rise up together alongside this fabulous group of people. Go to smallbizsocialsociety.com and use code 10FIRST2022 to get $10 off your first month. Get in for just eight freaking dollars. This is such a cool opportunity. It expires August 29th, 2022. Don't miss it. That's cool. So like you've, you've lived it. You've yes. actually gone through <laughs> done, this yes. and which is, makes you the perfect person to help others do the same thing. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and I love that you even realized you need to change your podcast name. Um, cause that's hard to do sometimes. Like we are in these positions where we're, we're creating things from scratch, our businesses, our projects, and you're naming things and you're, you're, you're all over it, right? Like it's your thing. And sometimes it can be hard to make that change and just go, okay, it's time to do it. But you, you know, you knew what needed to be done because it, it's a good podcast name. It's a really yeah, good I, podcast name. <laughs> and it's hard. It's really hard. I think one thing that I have learned from the beginning and something that I tell like all my students, cause I think one of the things like when people get started, um, in the online space, they're like, what should my business name be? Like, I think some people get so stuck in, in the fact of like, 
your decision is the end all be the all that it's final. And it is allowed, you are allowed to grow, you are allowed to evolve. And I think the important thing too, like if you want to make those changes or if you want to pivot or, or maybe you you're listening to this and you're like, wow, like I do need to pull back on all the topics that I'm talking about and get really specific so that I can start to attract those people. It's okay to take people on that journey. Like when I changed my podcast name, I explained why I did it. I talked about how like it was it was really hard for me to to pivot and how I wasn't completely abandoning you know the original podcast like there are a lot of the same themes were there um but it was really so that people could know when they came to my content my podcast yes this is for me or no it's not and that's the place that I want to be I don't want to be in the place where somebody is confused because confused people do not buy they don't stick around they will we have we have to make way too many decisions in the day to be in that place of limbo so I want somebody to come to my website my social media pages any type of content that I put out there and know yep this is for me this is going to help me this is exactly what I need or no it's not and then they'll find somebody else that's a better fit for them and, and that's all I want that's all I want for anybody in the online space you know no matter what community you're a part of like I want you to get the resources that you need. And maybe right now what I am providing is not for you at this time. And that's totally fine. I would much rather you find something or find someone else that can support you in where you're at. Right. Well, yeah. And that's a really, really important message right there is because, and it's, it's hard, you know, you really do want, you have this mind frame, most people probably going into having their business of like, I really just want to help anybody. And I, 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 you know, I want to, you know, I'm not going to turn anybody away. And you have that kind of mindset, which is totally understandable, but man, is it true whenever you start to niche down and get more specific with all of your stuff, your messaging, your actual services, whatever you've got to tweak, um, that it really does make a big difference. And it's, it's not about you as a person. I think that's another thing, especially like, cause I'm usually talking to people about showing up on social media specifically. I think that, a lot of times someone that's creating content will feel like, um, maybe it's personal. Like if somebody doesn't want to follow them or unfollows or isn't going to buy because they, even though they talked about it in their stories or whatever, um, it's not, it's usually not personal. It's literally just like, maybe you're just not the right fit right then. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Cause I think that's, you know, important to encourage everybody on that. Well, okay. So let's, let's set an example. Like, can we give an example of how someone could set a business goal first, like a specific example? So say somebody that you're able to help somebody that wants to do the virtual assistant thing. And can you tell, give me a little setup of a business goal they might have. Do you mean like, um, does a money goal or a, um, I just want to sell this specific service goal. Like, do you just pick one thing? Is that how you would get started? Yeah. I, I would usually encourage people to really start with like, and I know some people have like, they're like either they're for this or they're against this, or some people are like, so in the middle, I really like to think about that person who you would have like, what is, what is the end goal? Like, so if you are a virtual assistant, like obviously you want people to purchase, you know, your services buy your packages so that you can start working with them and you can start creating money. But I think it starts before there of really getting, even like when you are forming your packages, like really getting clear on, on who it is that you want to work with. And I'm not like, I'm not like what kind of car do they drive and what kind of house do they live in and all that. Like, I am not for that, but I am for like getting clear on like, what are their pain points? What are they struggling with? What are their greatest desires? 
desires? Like, what do they want to experience from working with you? And this can apply, like, it doesn't necessarily have to just apply to freelancers, virtual assistants, like no matter what your business is, like really getting clear on that. I think that helps to make creating any type of content online way easier. So I think the goal should be figure out who this is for. And again, that can evolve over time. My person has evolved over time, depending on where I am in my business. It also evolves depending on what I'm promoting, what I'm selling. Um, I have two different programs that are my main bread and butter, and I promote them at different times. So the person I'm speaking to for one program is different than the other person. Usually it's just the person at the beginning of the journey and then the person at the end of the journey. But, um, I think really getting clear on who do you want to have come into your space, your place on the internet? Who do you want as a part of your audience? And that can be a super small audience. It doesn't have to be this big audience, but really getting clear on that, having that be the first goal. Cause I think it's going to help you to create content way easier. I think it feels overwhelming. I've got to create all this content, but when you get really specific on who is this content for, what are they struggling with? Um, what do they want? What are they, what are they hoping for? What is that transformation going to be? It helps everything else to fall into place for you, as opposed to feeling like you're just speaking into the abyss and like to nobody and you'd have no idea who this content is for. Um, that happened to me when I went on to TikTok. I went on there and I like, I would research and see like what other other people posting. And that, what I found is sometimes people were posting a lot of different content, like speaking, you know, sometimes they would talk about their business and sometimes they would talk about their life. When I went on there, I was like, I want a mom who is on her phone, who's been searching for ways to work from home. I want her to find my content. And when she comes to my content, I want her to feel like she is like, she's in my head. She gets what I'm going through. She knows what I want. She knows what I'm struggling with. And so that was really helpful for me. And that was how that that account grew for me because I was just like, I just kept going over those same things. And I think sometimes we think we have to like come up with all these fresh ideas. Like if you just keep hitting on those pain points, those desires, like that is what speaks to people as opposed to some of the other stuff that I think we, we have to talk about, but more so I think it's what, what are they struggling with? How can your content, how can what you do support them? How can that, how can you bridge that gap from them to go from where they are now to where they want to be? Um, That is what has really helped me. Okay. Okay, cool. So if somebody's listening and they're, they're lost on how to even create those goals, um, this is something I don't hear talked about very much. Everybody does talk about, like you were saying, like sometimes it's a very specific quote unquote avatar um, and you, and they have named her and they have, you know, gone through what kind of car, or it's like what you're talking about. It's not quite in that direction. It's totally cool. Whatever works. But the thing is, is I think that people don't talk about how the hell to even start that process. So what are ideas on how someone can start realizing who they're capable of helping. Like maybe it's somebody who has things in common with them. Maybe it's something they went through and themselves, right? Like kind of like how you did. Can you give some ideas on how they can start creating their target client? I think so. It it usually is like, like you said, sometimes it's the person who like was you previously. So you've gone through something and now you're teaching somebody how to do that. Um, So I, a lot of the times I'm having conversations with people. Um, I actually prefer, like a lot of people will do market research in Facebook groups. I actually prefer have more having one-on-one conversations with people. Um, and I will even, I'm, I am definitely guilty of this. Like I will do anything for a Starbucks gift card. So I will tell people like, if I find somebody that I feel like would be that person that 
would potentially want to buy from me, I would be like, Hey, I would love to just jump on a 20 minute call with you. I really just want to pick your brain, no strings attached. I'm not pitching anything. I just really want to get some of your language so that I can use that. I think that that is something that I would encourage you to do too, is you want to get the language that they're using. And a lot of times we think, oh, well, they, they call themselves this, or they refer to them, you know, or they like speak about their problem this way. The best way to get that language is from actually having a conversation with a human. Um, so I would spend some time, like if you already have people in your audience that you can reach out to, um, the Instagram surveys are great, but I, I would, I like to get those like long form answers from people. So if you can get on a phone call with somebody, a zoom call, again, I will just say like, I'll send you a $5 Starbucks gift card afterwards. You do that with five to 10 people. That's really going to help you to get clear on that. Cause again, we, we might have a perception of, oh, this is what this person is struggling with, but they might word it the wrong way. And sometimes like the wording is everything. And you want to make sure that what you're using to talk about, to, to call things out is how they actually would refer to that. And we just don't know that unless we actually talk to those humans. So that's usually where I get started with that. You know, do that market research. If you can do it one-on-one, that's really going to yield the best results for you. Okay. That's really smart to, to focus on getting like the language and the verbiage and all that of whatever that person does. So like, if you're, for example, interested in helping specifically people that are real estate professionals, it would be helpful if you knew (laughs) some things about real estate and about how, like you're saying, how they talk and, you know, all the things that could go along with that. That is really, really smart. Cause yeah, like say somebody, say you posted, um, something or sent out an email and it was supposed to be for real estate professionals, but your wording was just like, what? Like they're going to know they're going to be the people that are picky and go like, how can you help me if you don't really even know Mm -hmm. much about me? So yeah, yeah, I love that. For sure. I, I actually, we went through this too, because I, you know, I was putting out all this content and for a while I would just was like referring to um, what I do is like freelancing, like get started as a freelancer, become a freelancer, like get into freelancing. And when people are just getting started, what we found from having conversations with people is like that word doesn't really resonate with them. They don't really know what that means. But for people who, when they hear virtual assistant, like they're like, yeah, like I could be a virtual assistant. So we had to change the the wording that we used around a lot of our beginner programs and a lot of our beginner content to be very focused on become a free, become a virtual assistant as opposed to become a freelancer. And then once they got started, then they could kind of identify with that freelancer or some other terms like social media manager, Pinterest strategist. So we had to, like, we wouldn't know that unless we got on those conversations with people and they're like, yeah, I want to become a VA. Like we kept hearing that over and over again. And we're like, oh, okay. So right away they don't resonate with freelancers. So it can be something as simple as that. And that can make all the difference because you could rack your brain and think, oh my gosh, my content's not that great. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes my product. My product's not that great. And it could be something as simple as like the wording that you're using to describe or to talk about what it is, the problem that you solve. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you. This is so good. Okay. And we're, we have a few more minutes. I, I wanted to make sure I asked when someone feels good about this part, they've, they've done this, maybe they've sought out your help, whatever they've done to get to this spot where they, they have that good target person. They know, they know who they're trying to help. Um, and they have their goals lined up. What do you feel is the next step? Is it going to, is it going to be like, okay, just start creating a bunch of content, start sharing it. Do you feel like there should be a certain strategy or they're just depending on the situation, right? 
I, I really think that it starts with your long form content. That's how I like to structure it. So I would pick, you know, like if you have this idea of like what type of content you want to create, I would start with what is going to be that long form content? Because from your long form content, you're going to be able to, it's, it's way easier to create some of that shorter form. So think about like things on social, um, those shorter form videos, reels, TikToks, um, from a longer form. So I would pick some type of it, what whatever avenue feels good for you. I know for you and me, it's like podcasting. That's our thing. That's where we get started. And then so for some people, it's I'm more of like the written type. So you could do a blog or maybe you're somebody like, I love being on camera. You start a YouTube channel, pick something that's long form that people go to, to like binge that content so that you can start to build that know, like, and trust, and then take those big topic ideas that you have, and then start to figure out how can I break this into smaller pieces? That's how we do everything. We just take, we start with the podcast and then we repurpose that. So we're not reinventing the wheel for our social media content. Like it's still continuous, um, because Chances are people who are listening to your podcast might not be following you on social media. Um, we hope that's the case. We hope that everybody follows us on all of our platforms, but they might not. So you might need different touch points because somebody who follows you on social media might not have any idea that you have a podcast. So you want to make sure that you're hitting them. And also too, it's helpful for people to hear things multiple times for it to like sink in that, oh yeah, like I do need to be doing this or, oh yeah, maybe I should buy that from her because she's been talking about it enough and I've heard it about it enough. So that's usually what I recommend people to do. Once you know, like what type of content you want to create, who it's for, what specifically you're going, problem you're going to solve for them, start with that long form content and then let everything else flow from there. Okay. Cool. I love this so much. It's such a good process too. And it's so satisfying when you finally, as you know, and as I know, like it takes some time. And when you finally get into a groove with all mm-hmm. the content stuff, it feels really, really good. Um, it's fantastic. It's worth all of the work and the effort for sure. Okay. Before I let you go, this is on topic, off topic. I don't know, kind of something, but what would you say though, to someone that wants to be a virtual assistant that wants to do freelance work, the t- types of things that you teach about and what you've been doing, um, if they are hesitant, like if they are feeling discouraged or something like that, like, what would you give that person? What words of advice would you give them? So I think what I, what I have found again, in a lot of the market research that we've done is the reason why a lot of people feel hesitant about it is not because they don't necessarily think it's going to work out for them, but they don't even know where to start. And they don't believe that they have enough skills necessary to get started. Um, so what I would encourage you to do is spend some time Again, this is kind of like a market research thing for you. Ask people around you, what are things that you notice in me that are strengths? Because a lot of times, even things that come natural for us or that like we, that are easy for us, we think it's easy for everybody else. We don't realize that this thing that we figured out to do, like even in our home, like how we organize our pantry, we think, doesn't everybody do this? Doesn't everybody (laughs) organize their closet like this? Doesn't, you know, so ask people around you. Sometimes it takes like looking outside of yourself and getting that outside opinion to to figure out like you do have strengths. You do have things that you're naturally gifted at. And I think just in our generation, most of us have grown up with a computer. So even something as simple as being able to respond to an email, I can't tell you how many times I look at my inbox and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish somebody would respond to all these emails for me. Like there's just not (laughs) enough time in the day for me to do it. So even a skill like that, most everybody knows how to send an email. Like that is something that you could get started with. Don't feel like you have to know everything about this advanced topic, like website design. You can get started with the skills that you have. And 
being a virtual assistant is one of the easiest ways to get started in the online space. Even people who um, are doing something, who like have a passion project of maybe um, like selling an online class on sewing. They, a lot of times that takes a while to build that up if they don't already have an audience. So they can get started as doing virtual assistant work to help support that, right? To help fund that, to help get that going. It's one of the easiest, um, low entry, low barrier to entry ways to get started online. You don't need to go like rent out an office space. If, if you have a computer, if you have Wi-Fi, if you are resourceful and hardworking and you love helping people, like you can get started with this pretty much as you are today. So you have skills, you can do this. Um, and I'm here to support you if you need any help along the way. And there is nothing like an incredible help from someone in your business. Mm -hmm. That is so valuable because I've seen both sides. It's so, so valuable. And like you said, I mean, even answering emails, it's not, you don't have to be saving lives every day and you're, it it can be whatever level of skill. And really, I mean, speaking from experience, it's just so, so valuable and so appreciated by Mm -hmm. whatever, whoever you end up working with, uh, whenever you do a good job at whatever kind of task it is. So I love it so much. I love that you're doing this. I love this whole topic. Thank you so much for explaining it and sharing all this with us. So I want to make sure though, everybody knows how to get in touch with you. We'll also put all of it in the show notes, but please go ahead and tell us how they can find you, your website, your socials, best way to connect with you. Absolutely. So it's pretty easy. It's just my name pretty much across all the platforms, aubreymalik.com. I'm at aubreymalik both on Instagram and TikTok. Those are the two places that I like to hang out on social. My podcast is Freelancer to CEO, but if you search my name in any of the podcast platforms, you can find that there. If you're interested in learning more about freelancing, getting started, I have a free training. It's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. Um, go, go grab that. It's a free class, free video content to help you to just, even if you're like, I just want to learn a little bit more, um, that would be a gr- really great place for you to start. And I would love for you to come say hi, like I said, on Instagram and let me know what you love about this episode. Okay. Thank you. We'll put all that in the show notes, just in case to make it easier on you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us today, Aubrey. It's so nice to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, and Clubhouse. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye.